Are you looking to expand your brand this year? Want to make your business stand out above the rest? Well, there's no better way to grow than with your own podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a small business, or a massive company, you need a podcast in 2024. Podcast Plus is an easy and efficient way for you and your brand to join the podcast revolution. There's no better way to position your company as the go-to authority than with a podcast that showcases your industry knowledge, insights, and expertise. The studios at Podcast Plus are state-of-the-art with top-of-the-line production quality. And if you're just starting out, Podcast Plus offers professional script writing, editing magic, and can conceptualize your show, create your cover art, and get you ready to stream on all major platforms. We'll market your podcast as well, showcasing it on radio stations and digital streams across the country. Expand, enhance, and extend your company and brand and reach potential clients and customers 24-7. Find out more at podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. That's podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. Five, four, three, two, one. Mothership Connected. When you discuss this type of material, you are opening a portal. There was something that infiltrated her mind, that infiltrated her soul. This stuff is real, Jeremy. I know it's happening. Originating from a remote location, nearly as top secret as Area 51. This is like the perfect venue to talk about this kind of stuff. Somewhere between abnormal and paranormal. What is going on? You're traveling into the paranormal. of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest. I am Jeremy Scott, July 20th, 2019, and here we are yet again, right, uh, through the, uh, headed towards the second half of the summer when it really starts to heat up. I hope everybody is, uh, is safe out there and that you have power. Not everybody does. Lots of ACs working overtime. Uh, that second AC that I talked about last week, um, oh, it's so much better. It makes a world of difference, but I know that everybody doesn't have air conditioning here as we approach the dog days of summer, or from some of you uh, down in the south uh, and even on the east coast, it's already the dog days of summer. I don't envy you. I do not like heat friends i can't stand heat i i used to be able to tolerate it and i actually look used to look forward i don't know why uh to the days that were 95 100 105 degrees uh i know some of you live in parts of the country where you don't get a choice it's like a hundred and you know what um for three months or more out of the year So I don't envy you. I hope that everybody is safe, that you have power. If you have air conditioning, that you're using it, that you're staying cool and hydrated. I'm worried, though, about um, I'm worried, though, about some of you uh, not having that ability because the power grid is strained. uh, To say the least, Uh, it's not a broken record, but it was just a month ago that we discussed a series of events that lead me to believe that we are headed for something 
that is far more serious than overuse of elect, uh, electronic resources because of fans and ACs working overtime. Something of the magnitude far greater than that, an electromagnetic pulse. And what a timely show that we did on that subject a month ago. Based on what has happened this week, I am further convinced that we are headed towards an electromagnetic pulse. Now, I could be dead wrong. I might end up with egg on my face after all is said and done. And I'm okay with that. It wouldn't be the first time. Now, the reason I say this is is based on the series of events that I'm going to outline for you here. No matter if you think this is just one of those crazy conspiracy theories or or not, either way, I urge you to listen up. And I don't say you have to listen to me. I urge you to listen to me. Because stranger things have been happening, and it could involve just about anybody. But most likely it's not the extraterrestrials. Though anything is possible, I suppose the ETs could be mucking with the power grid. But I suspect it is not the ETs. We know that the U.S. has reportedly hacked Russia's utilities, and homegrown hackers are attacking the U.S. power grid. It is literally a power war that we are engaged in right now. Oh, you're not aware? Yeah, I know it's summer. It definitely is, July 20th. There are a lot of resources being used, as we've been talking about, with ACs and with fans and, you know, uh, water. Lots of watering going on because people's, uh, you know, uh, crops are, are turn, would, would die without that. Uh, lots of folks recreating uh, pools, cooling off with water in, in a variety of means. Yeah, we know that the resources are being strained. And, of course, you know, it takes power to pump all that water. So I'm not being naive to the fact that we are in summer and that we are ex, uh, um, using up a lot of resources. But let's think outside the box here for, for a bit. Just this week, we've got report of outages all over the place, and there are even more. These are just the big ones here that I'm going to tell you about. In fact, if you do a Google search, do a Google search. You know, open up your browser while we're here talking. Do a Google search for power outages, and it's going to bring up a list several pages long, all from this past week. Now, some of these mass outages, yes, they were the result of heat, flooding, and rain, because some folks of the country are still experiencing that. But it's the unknown ones that most concern me, and I think they should concern you as well. Lots of these were from mechanical failures, which could be the result of a full-blown EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or even testing on a minor scale to see, um, you know, to judge basically the depth of that, right? You start small, you kind of see what the results of that, and then you escalate it, and, you know, you see if you can not just take out blocks, but you can take out uh, entire zip codes, and then cities, and then states, and then, God forbid, countries, bit by bit. You know, you, you start small and hope nobody, uh, you know, realizes, or not as many people realize, and you ramp it up from there. I'm just getting inside the mind of a hacker here for a bit, uh, for just a little bit. But there are many other factors as well, not just this. The timing of which I believe 
are not a coincidence, not a coincidence as well. Following Saturday's blackout that left up to 72,000 New Yorkers in Manhattan's west side without power, according to Curbed.com, power company Con Edison says that city dwellers should be prepared for more power outages this summer. They go on to say those kinds of outages would not be related to this weekend's blackout, although the, the energy company still doesn't know the exact cause of that event, which left much of Midtown and Upper West Side in the dark. A spokesperson says our equipment failed at one of our substations, but we don't know why. So here are the experts dealing with mass power outages, equipment failures, but they don't know why. Power restored on Staten Island after outages leave thousands in the dark from the CBS local affiliate in New York. It says just three days after the Manhattan blackout, thousands of Con Edison customers lost power on Staten Island on Tuesday evening. It's apparently been blamed on a smoking circuit breaker. Well, could a smoking circuit breaker be the result of an EMP attack? You you bet right it could. From CNN.com, a preliminary report shows the faulty relay protection system caused New York City's power outage. It reads Con Edison blamed their relay protection system Monday for the weekend power outage in New York City, saying the system didn't operate as designed, according to preliminary findings from the company. They go on to say, uh, quoting a uh, a company uh, statement, that the system detects electrical faults and directs circuit breakers to isolate and de-energize those faults. The relay protection system is designed with redundancies to provide high levels of reliability. In this case, primary backup relay systems did not isolate a faulted 13,000-volt distribution cable. Again, very likely that that was caused by some sort of EMP event, right? Electrical faults causing systems to freak out and not operate as they normally would when they're designed to work in the event of an outage. They don't. From WTOP, equipment issue leaves thousands in the dark in northeast D.C., It reads more than 4,000 customers in Northeast D.C. near RFK Stadium lost power Monday night after an equipment issue at a Pepco substation Uh, on the East Coast, by the way. We've got uh, on the uh, West Coast uh, an outage reported by the ABC7 television station in Fullerton, California. Fullerton outage leaves nearly 13,000 with power. It says a power outage affected customers monday night and not immediately known what led to the outage you noticing a trend here either unknown or a very suspicious cause of events in madison wisconsin twelve thousand without power during the heat wave reads the headline from cnn.com about twelve thousand customers are without electricity in madison wisconsin during a dangerous heat wave after fires at two downtown substations The fires don't appear to have any correlation to the hot weather. A spokesperson said utility authorities believe the fire at the downtown substation was probably due to a mechanical issue. Triple-digit temperatures could bring blackouts in New York City, D.C., and Chicago, say the uh, experts. An upcoming heat wave could lead to power outages in the central and eastern U.S., experts say. Now, I doubt it's all because of air conditioners. I'm not saying that the heat is not to blame in any of these uh, situations. But I also think it's naive to think that none of this is related. That it's all just because we're using, you know, too many resources. 
I know on the hot days, my resources are pretty slim because I don't go outside and do stuff that I maybe usually would if it wasn't so stinking hot. You know, and I might go out and and do stuff that uses resources, you know, now I'm just inside all weekend here because it's too hot. It's like 90 degrees and I, I just melt like a, a marshmallow in this type of heat. I, I'm i just not good in this type of heat and that's all there is to it. Now we're warning of possible outages. I mean, it's just all adding up to me that it's not a coincidence. All of this in a week. Let's remember To me, if you ask me, what is my conclusion on all of this? Well, it's simple to me. Something or someone is mucking with the power grid. It certainly seems more likely than we're just using our air conditioners too much, right? Because here's my theory on this, right? We buy an air conditioner. The the store knows that they sold it to us. They also report that to the supplier and the manufacturer, because they know how many have been shipped back and forth and when they're running low and when they need to put in orders to plan for, say, the rush that a heat wave might bring, uh, a, like a run on air conditioners or fans or something. So those numbers are tracked, and we know how many air conditioners are on the market, how many have been bought and sold, and it would seem to me that the power companies would be aware of that and would be able to handle the load. We know that power grids borrow resources. So say you're fighting fires and there's a lot of resources that are being used in a particular area. We can move resources down the grid or up the grid based on usage in other places, a little bit from here, a little bit from there, a little bit from there that's maybe unneeded. And we ship it down the grid, and all of a sudden it's available in the local areas. That can happen. We can move stuff around. So it would seem to be that if you have a nice, cool summer day, you know, that those resources that are basically in reserve because not everybody's running their ACs and their fans as much or using as much water, et cetera, et cetera, that we could ship that, say, down to California where they're having, you know, an overusage situation. And it would balance out. That's that's why I, I, I think this. And now we've got the USDA, Department of Agriculture, offering up important food safety tips to keep in mind during a powder outage a power outage. From WFAB.com, it says a refrigerator will keep food safe for up to four hours during an outage, according to the USDA, but the department recommends you keep the door closed to keep as much cold air inside as possible. Perishable foods such as meat, poultry, eggs, fish, and leftovers should be thrown away if the outage lasts for more than four hours. So now we have um, tips because, you know, everybody needs to be told, you know, common sense from, from time to time because there's just not enough common sense around. So, you know, you have to tell people what to do, you know, to not go outside in a blizzard and to stay inside during a heat wave and not to open up the refrigerator and to throw away food after a certain amount of hours. Um, you know, I'm sure there's videos out there on how to tie your shoe as well if you need it. And then we get to this. 
you know, it, it, it never ceases to amaze me as I look into this subject material to prepare the show for you each and every week. Um, you know, sometimes we, we have certain things planned and then I go, oh, no, we have to go in a different direction. Sometimes I've got guests that have been scheduled. And I'll call them or, or email them and say, hey, look, I've got to do this show this week. Um, can we reschedule you? Because I really want to talk to you. But, you know, this is more important. And, you know, sometimes there are weeks where there's just really nothing that I would rather talk about than what we had planned. But sometimes there are much better things that I want to talk about than what we had planned. And, you know, this certainly seems like there's been a lot of those lately where we've had to move things around and to do different programs because I thought that the need was there. And I, as I'm reading and hearing about all these power outages, you know, I, I heard about the one in New York over the weekend, I think on Saturday, Sunday or whatever. I saw something on the, the social media because, you know, it was uh, it was big, like 72,000 fans. So it was trending officially. <laughs> and uh, I guess it was a slow news week. I don't know. But it was trending nonetheless. And I heard about it and I just thought, OK. And then I heard about another one, I think Monday. And then it was almost like every night this week I was I was checking the feeds and I go, oh, another one here, another one there. And see, it's not just East Coast. We've had those on the West Coast. You know, we talked about, um, you know, Uruguay and Paraguay and I think Argentina that were having massive powder outages about a month ago, the Target outage, which we talked about on our show with James Ponder, episode 316, back on June 22nd. And when I came across this story, I knew that's what we had to do the program on. I mean, I was pretty much convinced that we needed to do the program on what we're doing the program on tonight. And then I read this from the Hill.com. Lawmakers are zeroing in on the potential for foreign cyber attacks to take down the U.S. electrical grid, with members in both chambers pushing hearings and a flurry of bills to address the issue. Congressional interest in the issue is growing following reports that Iran has stepped up its cyber attacks against U.S. critical infrastructure and as Trump administration officials cite threats from Russia and China against the electrical grid. So I think more than the ETs, we've got a chance that it's either Russia, China or Iran that are uh, handing it to us. And, you know, we have been messing with Russia's power grid. So, you know, we would be naive to think that Russia wouldn't mess with us back. The House Energy and Commerce Subcommittee focused on threats to the grid during a hearing as lawmakers look to get ahead of the issue. You know, I never I never thought, friends, I never envisioned a day that our politicians would ever discuss, in an official capacity at least, what we talk about here on this program. I never thought it was going to happen, and yet we have it with this subject and we have it with the UFO subject. What's next? Are they going to start holding hearings on chemtrails? And, and I mean, we know scientists are lobbying uh, Congress to talk about the dangers of 5G and about electronic radiation. I'm lucky to be living in this day and age because... As the infor- we are in the information age, the information superhighway is, you know, no longer in its infancy, and we have so much digital content out there that the politicians and the lawmakers and 
our officials, law enforcement and whatnot, they, they've got to start paying attention to all of these things because it does spread like wildfire. I mean, have you been seeing how much the Storm Area 51 event, uh, how much uh, publicity that is getting? An immense amount of publicity. Bob Lazar has even come out and said, hey, look, I do not recommend it. Nothing's there. We know that maybe it was at some particular time because I do believe Bob Lazar's story, having seen him in person and having him seen stuff, uh, do stuff that I don't think he could explain had he not been telling the truth. And we've had other people who have said that that's all been moved to Wright-Patterson. In fact, um, we're putting together a show talking with Tom Carey and Donald Schmidt, who have just wrote that new book about Wright Patterson that I've got on my desk here. And uh, I hope to be able to get, you know, uh, a good um, amount through it before we have them on the program so that we can kind of discuss this subject, um, you know, more intently. And, you know, we've talked about it in the news, but it hasn't really been a focal point here on the program. Because I think that, you know, for the most part, it is a joke and these people aren't serious. And we know that it's not something that is advisable. I mean, look at what happened to the guy who showed up at the, you know, gates with uh, some sort of cylindrical object, I believe, back in January. So, yes, we could do a show on that. We could do a show on the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. But I just say what's new about that. I mean, we've got the enhanced pictures, the enhanced video and audio, but... If you ask me, they don't do anything to prove either way, whether we did go to the moon or we did not go to the moon. And it is my opinion that the show tonight is more important than any other show that we could do. I mean, the information that we're going to present with my guest tonight, James Ponder, could save you and those you love from a massive power wipeout. The question is, are you prepared, friends? Are you prepared if the grid goes down and goes down for um, – an indefinite period of time, which means it's down, and we don't know how long it's going to take to get it back up. Are you prepared? Because I think everything that I've outlined here in the show tonight and everything we discussed back in that episode four weeks ago with James Ponder, well, the evidence is even more so than it was. I invite you to stick with us tonight. From the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest, I am Jeremy Scott. Save your data and listen for free by calling 701-719-9703, courtesy of TalkStream Live. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.